Welcome to the Vintage Collection Podcast. I'm Victoria of Victoria's Cantina and the Cantina Chatter Podcast, and it is here that we celebrate the legacy of Hasbro's Star Wars, the Vintage Collection line. The Razorcrest has been funded. Yes, yes, overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly, uh, it's been an interesting campaign. Uh, the stretch goals are very interesting, so we've got a lot to talk about regarding uh, the whole campaign for the Hasbro HasLab Star Wars Vintage Collection, uh, The Mandalorian, The Razor Crest, all the ups, all the downs. Uh, we're going to kind of analyze the way it was handled. And uh, to do that, I'm very happy to welcome back to the show Tyler from the Instagram SWTVC page. So Tyler, welcome back. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you once again on the Vintage Collection podcast. And, you know, we're going to talk the Vintage Collection today. Um, to begin, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the most recent Vintage Collection reveal from a recent uh, Mando Monday, and that was uh, the Vintage Collection Zutton. Yes, yes. Um, that is the newest release. Um, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I don't like the packaging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this one seems to be uh, a mixed a mixed bag with the community. So my thoughts are, you know, good on them for hitting a character that's a little bit more of like a tertiary background character. Um, you know, people ask for that all the time. Yeah. People ask for original 96 all the time. And I know they're calling this a uh original 96 adjacent which is an interesting concept but mm. um you know people definitely want to see more stuff like this i think this was was good um but i feel like maybe knock out the actual original 96 one first I don't yeah know. what do you think so i mean that's the thing what, what i'm worried about is you know there are people that are kind of you know, not happy with it, including myself, including you. And it's not, you know, the figure is good. Like it came out a decade ago, right? But it's it's still a solid figure. Mm -hmm. um, it's not completely up to like 2020 standards, um, but it still looks fantastic. I don't care if they repack that figure. Um, what I'm more concerned about is that they're going to say, well, you know, people were changing our artwork. You know, I'm guilty. <laughs> I changed the artwork. Um, you know, people were, you know, talking all this stuff. So, you know, they're going to be discouraged from re-releasing, you know, further obscure Cantina characters like this in the future. Um, but it's not so much, I'm sure you'd agree, the, the figure, you know, the fact that they wanted to, to go this route. It's just the, the way that it's, be, it's being presented is like, you know, there's a lot of controversy, like, first of all, surrounding the name, you know, Zutton. Uh, and mm -hmm. then you have people, you know, you have the card back, which is clearly not something Kenner asked at all for an original 96 figure. Uh, and I, I get why they didn't use the original artwork. I mean, it's from the holiday special, but I kind of feel like who cares? I mean, that's the artwork. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to knock out or, or say that you're knocking out an original 96, then use the same image or as close to it as possible. Um, but the good news is that they do seem to be listening to feedback on these things. Um, you know, they they are changing the brand new awesome Return of the Jedi uh, Boba Fett card back uh, to be more and, and the pill color to be more in line with what collectors are saying it should mm -hmm. be. Uh, shout out to JTA and Lando Griffin on um, the TBC Facebook group page uh for bringing that up um in the past they've listened to think well this is more of an actual figure than card back thing but they they listened to the community when we said we wanted a clean stormtrooper for the rogue one stormtrooper uh -huh. instead of a dirty one so they do listen occasionally yeah uh, which is nice yeah i'm just concerned that you know it's kind of like what happened with revan you know people said oh we don't want that revan and they ended up just scrapping revan entirely from the vintage collection it wasn't that we didn't want revan we just didn't want a revan from 2007 um, when they had a brand new Black Series version that had yep. very recently come out at that yes. time that they could have utilized for uh, for a three and three quarter inch scale one. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they do listen sometimes, and that's awesome. But I, I just hope they don't take it the wrong way and say, "Oh, well, you know, we're already you know not very keen on making obscure characters for this line, and you know, I just don't want that to kill like all you know chance of of them 
you know, bringing back more cantina aliens because this is the first one since 2015. I know, and, and and that should be applauded. Honestly, it really should be. Um, you know, people say they're they're wanting stuff like that. You know, the uh, the power droid was also one that I think a lot of people didn't really see coming, and that was very well received uh, for the most part. Um, even just despite being, you know, a gonk droid, there's nothing nothing too crazy about it. But it's the fact uh-huh. that it, it's the nostalgia factor. It's the fact that it's an original '96. Um, that they're they're checking that box and they need to keep checking those boxes, but with the right card backs. Yeah, so. yeah, um, yeah. That would be the easiest thing. Just just reuse the card back. You know, it's, yeah, it's the holiday special, but there's nothing like specific to the card that says it's the holiday special. You know, most people would probably just assume it's from, you know, A New Hope. So, uh, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the Razor Crest. So uh, we talked about how it was funded. Uh, give us a little bit of a recap, Tyler, as far as uh, the numbers that the the campaign ended up. Uh, I wish I had the actual number pulled up right now, but I know that it is over uh, twenty eight thousand, and I believe actually with the international sales included, it was coming up on twenty nine thousand, almost twenty nine thousand, yeah. uh, and that was astounding. I mean, I remember when we were trying to get to the uh to the jawa you know and then we passed the 17k mark i was like Mm -hmm. all right i think we'll probably top out at around 20k you know it's not quite beating the sentinel but that's pretty good and then we beat the sentinel and we just kept going and going and going and going and i was like oh my god this is this is insane yeah so it looks like it ended at 28,780 backers uh the target was 6,000 so for it to get put into production and you know that's you know i always say i'm not a math person because i'm not but that's it it well exceeded expectations for um you know what hasbro wanted it to do so uh everybody came to the table and i think you know there's a lot of reasons for that i mean firstly you know like you said it's the vintage collection there's a lot of interest in there that hasn't been placated over the last like few years um, but also, you know, Mando is kind of like the biggest thing, you know, at the moment, you know, still. So uh, there's just a lot of excitement for more product from the Mandalorian, in- including something like the Razor Crest, which, you know, this is the only way that you can get a Razor Crest by backing the crest. Then, uh, you know, people were excited to do that. And, you know, it was just overwhelmingly supported. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hasbro, uh, specifically Patrick, I think, used the the word shocked multiple times with the performance of this of this campaign uh and that's despite some frankly some hiccups and some missteps i would say um Mm -hmm. so imagine if this had been a smoother campaign uh but overall though a massive success there's no doubt about that absolutely massive success and i think uh it would be very difficult to for any product to beat that in the future um from from any you know any uh franchise uh you know marvel power rangers anything uh, it's it's going to be tough to to top that in my opinion yeah and i think uh you know everything about the razor crust was was appealing i think you know not only was it from mando not only is it you know something that's timely and something for the vintage collection but uh it, the price point also you know 350 that's not like it's not like the sale barge, you know, five hundred. It's not like even the Falcon that was available through Target for four hundred earlier this year. Um, you know, three fifty is doable. I I feel like for most you know collectors that are pretty invested in vintage, but also invested in you know the Mandalorian. So uh, I think it had all the right ingredients. And then you know they did unlock all the stretch goals that you know we're gonna uh, kind of recap on here in a bit. But um. Uh, I just feel like everything about it, you know, was was pretty friendly towards the consumer. You know, if, if anybody that's never backed something like this, you know, any kind of campaign like this, I think it was it was pretty accessible. Um, but, you know, it wasn't perfect. And I know that you have a few things you want to talk about regarding, um, you know, how it was marketed and the promotion for it. Yes. So I will say in terms of accessibility, it was definitely more accessible than um, the barge because there were um at least a couple companies that I can think of that were actually doing overseas uh, pre-orders. 
uh, Zavi and uh, I believe it was Big Bad Toy Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Bad Toy Store was admittedly a little bit costly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw the price. I, I want to say it was 500 Um I don't know. I can't remember if that was including shipping. If it wasn't, then good lord. But well, uh, big um, bad toy store shipping is usually uh, four dollars. So, uh, oh, that's not too bad. yeah. Okay. So if they wanted to mark it up, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if um, you know that's why they did it. And yeah, it looks like it was the last price before it sold out was five forty nine ninety nine. So yeah, a little oof, pricey. Oof. I will say though, you know even as expensive as that is, it will never be cheaper than that on the secondary market. So, no. you know, it, it was good to pull the trigger when you did, if you did. Um, but as far as the actual product itself and what you're getting for $350, uh, in my opinion, it was, it, the, the price was absolutely well warranted. Um, you know, just the original ship, j- just the, just the ship itself is so, astoundingly unbelievably detailed and there's so many movable parts and removable parts i mean it's just it's mind-blowing how gorgeous that thing is yeah absolutely gorgeous yeah um and and the and what you're getting for 350 dollars kept getting better i mean right. with, with each tier unlock you're getting more and more and more which was just great it was great you're getting yeah. a lot for three hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and just going back to to be back Toys real quick, I just want to point out it does say on the listing, it says, "Note: We are offering this item as a service to customers unable to order directly." And um, you know that that is you know one of the reasons a lot of these uh, these online or you know Hasbro likes to call them the fan channels um, exist. You know they they are able to offer a lot of these products that. Uh, you know, you can't get by going online to Target or Amazon or going to the store, Walmart or Target or wherever. Um, and I know a lot of the time we like to say, uh, you know, people like to joke, you know, oh, you know, I, I, it's it's on sale, but it's really the regular price that it is at, at Walmart. Uh, and oftentimes <laughs> that's true. But, you know, at the same time, you know, Walmart's never going to ship you an item the way that, you know, Entertainment on Earth or Dorkside Toys is going to do. You know, you can't you're not going to get the level of service that, you know, you're oftentimes going to get from one of these fan channels. So, um, so yeah, sometimes the prices are a little higher and sometimes you do have to pay shipping. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's, it's great for a lot of people that these outlets uh, exist, myself included. I, I do take advantage sometimes of, you know, sometimes like the, uh, the collector grade that big bad toy store offers because yeah, it's a few dollars more, but I'm ensuring that the figure is going to come in like mint condition. So I think it's worth it sometimes. Yes, absolutely. I've actually um, started to become a, sort of a card collector myself, apparently. Uh, that's the thing <laughs> I'm doing now. Uh, so I think I'm going to start uh, getting those from Big Bad Toy Store as well. Uh, definitely need to start doing that. Yeah, plus the cases. You can't you usually can't order a whole case from Walmart or Target or wherever. So that's always nice, being able to order cases. Yes, I am a regular buyer of cases from Entertainment Earth, for sure. And sometimes Dorkside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think there was a little bit of a lack of marketing as well. Uh, I know that, you know, if you knew about this, you're probably a toy collector. Or probably you saw it, uh, you know, retweeted on Twitter or, you know, in somebody's story on Instagram or whatever. But uh, it wasn't really like marketed outside of that. Yeah, you have the fan sites, but those are very specific to a certain audience. You know, you're not going to capture a whole lot of outside people. Um, I kind of feel like perhaps, you know, I, I know they're they're not going to advertise this on Disney Plus, but maybe they're, you know, there's some way that you can uh, reach that market, you know, try and tap into it by, you know, creating some sort of a promo. I don't know exactly what you know, method you would use to do that. But I kind of feel like there is a lot of potential there for bringing in more people and getting up those numbers even higher if they wanted to pursue that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we actually did a, uh, a very extensive retrospective uh, or analysis on the SWTVC page, which you might have seen. And um, one of the biggest things that I think the community wants me to highlight is the lack of promotion and marketing. In terms of getting it out there to the average person um, who might not normally be a TVC collector or a Star Wars collector at all, but is a huge fan of the show and might just see this and be like, oh, wow, I didn't even know they were making this. I'm going to go buy one of those because it's awesome. They're still not reaching those people. 
Uh-huh. And I think that's a huge uh, untapped potential for them. Um, one, of, one of the things that we tried to do on our page was create this big initiative where we tagged like a bunch of blue check marks on Instagram. And they mm. try, we tried to do it on Twitter as well um, to try to get, you know, Gina Carano or Pedro Pascal or, you know, someone to just post about the existence of this campaign. And that could attract the attention of just the average fan who might not even be aware of the vintage collection at all, but might buy that. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be a way for them to, to get this out to the average person. I mean, and and the fact that it seems like they're not trying to do that. It, it, I I have to be honest. It does seem like a, a sort of a lack of enthusiasm. Um, from the team in terms of marketing their own mm-hmm. product. And l- like you said, you know, that the, the, the fan sites are doing a lot of advertising for them. It, it almost seemed like they were just letting us do that, the advertising for them. Yeah. Um, do you know if, if like the, the Mandalorian, like official accounts on social media or Disney official accounts ever tweeted or uh, posted anything about this campaign? I was actually thinking about uh, the Mandalorian page specifically, and I don't remember ever seeing anything from them. I do follow them. I don't think I ever saw anything from them, just from Pulse. Huh. Okay. Well, like like you're saying, like even like the the celebrities, you know, that have a part have roles in in the series. Uh, I mean, oftentimes they reach, you know, they're reached out to by different companies in order to help promote products. I mean, that's that's the whole idea between, you know, reaching out to uh, influencers on, on social media is to get awareness of, of products out there. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'd find it hard to believe that they wouldn't approach, you know, one of these actors and say, hey, post about the Razor Crest. We'll send you a Razor Crest when it comes out, you know, something like that. So it's yeah. kind of weird that, that we never saw anything like that. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, but, you know, one thing I will say is it would be nice if we could have a direct communication with someone on the current star wars team because you know mr stevie on instagram is now on the marvel team the x-men team and he was even posting about it i mean he went out of his way to promote a product that he's not even on the the marketing team for anymore Mm-hmm. And, you know, we appreciated being able to have that kind of dialogue with him. And we're just we're missing that in the community. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is interesting how there hasn't been quite that level of interactivity. Uh, I do have to give Hasbro props for for holding these fan first Fridays and, you know, doing this because most toy companies aren't even doing that. And, uh, you know, I collect, you know, quite a bit of Mattel products. And I mean, they don't have anything like that. They don't have you know, they have a lot of big toy lines like Jurassic World and um, you know, a lot of Toy Story and Disney and all those other things, but they don't, uh, you know, they haven't had any sort of online like presence during the whole pandemic, which, you know, Hasbro's been really good about using those Fan First Fridays to announce new products for its various toy lines. So um, it could always be better, of course, but uh, I am, you know, I really do appreciate that they're at least, you know, reaching out to their customers by doing that because most companies just aren't doing that for toys. Yes, I will absolutely credit them for that. And I'm grateful for that. I think the community is is grateful for that. Um, you know, and they have to deal with <laughs> the occasional trolls and just negative people and they still do it, which, you know, I, I really appreciate and I recognize that. Um, I will say there were a couple of releases that sort of slipped through the cracks Um fives for example and the brand new uh return of the jedi boba fett again you know Uh they just sort of announced that on their instagram but they didn't do that during a to my knowledge i don't believe they did that during a fan first friday and certainly fives were sort of mentioned (laughs) they they talked about fives um in the in the three pack and said hey he's going to come out on his own card but they never officially announced him either. He just no, kind of right. started popping up at stores. Yeah, and I pre-ordered mine on Amazon like back in January or February, a long time ago. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's how long ago like people knew that this was coming. And you know, they just, from what I understand, they just kind of forgot to announce it. So um, yeah, I guess it happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I will say. In all, in all seriousness, though, um, I am glad that they're doing the, the social media um, and, and YouTube 
engagement with the fans because that's a good thing. It really is a good thing. Totally. Um, so one of the things that um, you had mentioned before was that there, you, you feel a sense of maybe a lack of faith in the three and three quarter inch collecting community. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, honestly, I have to say this is one thing that the the TVC uh, slash 3.75 collecting community is really frustrated about right now because, um, you know, I, I believe it was Patrick came out and said that they, they were blown away by the success about this thing um, because they were only expecting a maximum of 10,000 backers. And I understand where that is assumption is coming from when we look at how many backers the bars got but as we mentioned in our analysis this is a very different product it's significantly cheaper it's uh smaller and therefore easier to display in terms of length Mm -hmm. um and it's it's current very hot media i mean it's from the mandalorian we're talking about the razor crest here i think lando griffin i was listening to a live stream with with lando griffin and um john miko today Mm. Uh, and Lando mentioned that this is basically Disney's Millennium Falcon. And I had to yeah. agree with that. I was like, man, that that's so true. This vehicle is hot. So to to expect that, you know, the, the 3.75 inch community is only going to pony up, you know, 10,000 backs. It's like this. It's really out of touch. It's really, 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 really out of touch. Um, they got to have more faith in us. And. Again, this goes along with the petition that had 8,400 backers uh, or, or signatures, rather. Um, you know, between the $10 million we just gave them for this campaign and the petition and just all the buzz and noise we're making on social media right now, I don't know how much louder we can possibly be about the fact that we want more new product <laughs> for the for TVC. Right. Um uh, well, what else are we supposed to do to tell this company we want more products from you? <laughs> yeah, I feel like on some level, a lot of the people involved, like they know they're aware of the demand. I know that, you know, they the fan sites and a lot of us on on social media and on YouTube and what you know, whatnot, um, you know, always make a stink about, you know, all the stuff we want and, you know, how we'll support it. But I, I feel like maybe like the upper echelons of you know, whether it's it's Lucasfilm or it's it's Disney or Hasbro or, you know, who knows, maybe don't have that level of faith that maybe the people that are actually actively working on these brands understand. I, I don't know. I, I mean, when they say things like they're surprised at how well this did, it, it's like, really, though? I mean, <laughs> I think their their market data, wherever they're they're pulling their assumptions from is just is wrong we're, we're trying to tell these guys there is huge demand here that is not being fed we're being uh-huh. fed scraps we want to give you our money but you got to give us the product for us to give you the money right um yeah yeah that's uh, no that's 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 true uh i know there's a lot of demand there uh, and i think it's been shown time and time again and i don't know if they're relying primarily on like market data you know past sales i know when the vintage collection went into hiatus it wasn't doing so hot um and i don't think that was so much because of lack of support i think it's because they oversaturated the market with a lot of uh, episode one stuff that mm-hmm. you know people didn't necessarily weren't clamoring for uh, and the stores had a really hard time getting through it and then you know that's when black series through the quarter inch came out went to walmart and that's when the five poa lines you know started you know hitting the stores and kind of you know the same thing like especially you know force awakens or when a lot of those things really saturated and just sat and so i don't know if they're factoring all that into the uh the, the level of output that they're they're currently doing or if it's you know a mix of a lot of things but um you know definitely there there hasn't been that response that we've that we've hoped for for the vintage collection 2.0 so this actually brings up, I didn't have this in my notes, but this brings up something really important that I'd like to touch on. And that's the change of the DCPI code um, from the relaunch wave of the Vintage Collection to, um, it was either, the, I think it was the Force Friday wave that had the Shadow Troopers 
and the Sith Troopers and Yavin Leia and you know those two waves that came out for that uh, that Force Friday, um, twenty nineteen it was right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's when they finally changed the DCPI to um, a new number code, and suddenly TVC was hitting retail again, and it yeah. is. It's been doing really well since then. I mean, so that that relaunch wave, oh, <laughs> oh man, don't even don't even get me started on that. But the relaunch wave really created a huge logjam because it was less than desirable figures sure. um, because they were already sitting on pegs in the Black Series packaging. Yeah, a- and um, it, it it created a big logjam where. Those follow-on waves that actually had very desirable figures like Solo, Lando, uh, Boosh, Leia, uh, the Range Trooper, uh, the Rogue One Stormtrooper. The Rogue One Stormtrooper, possibly one of the most anticipated 3.75-inch figures of all time, never made it to retail because of that logjam, because that code hadn't been changed yet. When they changed that code... Everything changed, and TVC started finally hitting the pegs again at retail. Right. And ever ever since then, it hits pegs, and it is gone. It's gone in like a matter of a couple days. Um, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of people who it's it's still not reaching, and you know people blame uh, Hasbro for that, but it's actually on those individual targets and Walmarts to order that product. And unfortunately a lot of them still don't have faith in the vintage collection because of that initial Snoke and gin wave. Yeah. And I think that was, you know, one of those cases where, you know, I don't want to get too far into that, that wave. Cause you know, we could do a whole episode on that, but um, right, um, right. It, it was, you know, that the kind of thing that, you know, people had been, had told Hasbro very, or, you know, the feedback very early on was, hey, you know, these figures are still available at Walmart. You can buy them online through Walmart for four bucks a piece. Um, mm-hmm. It's and it's not so much, you know, the, the maybe the, you know, a lot of people say the characters and in, in, in the figures themselves. Maybe that's part of it, but I think the bigger issue was that they were already available so quickly. You know, they had just been available. Um, I think had you started off Vintage Collection uh, 2.0 with. You know, just get back to the basics, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, brand new versions of those characters for to, to relaunch it, you know, Stormtrooper, Yak Face, you know, something like that, I think, you know, would have would have really taken things in a whole other direction. We'd be having a different conversation right now. Absolutely. But I think that the vintage collection is on the upswing right now. It's it's in the right direction. And to bring it back to the Razor Crest, I'm just hoping that the massive number of backers gives them the faith and confidence to increase the budget for the vintage collection and give us, you know, more figures annually. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, uh, uh, you know, if they go off of market data with well, it, that's the market data right there, 28,000, uh, backers for this product. And that was actually something that Chris asked him during that Q and a session that we were, that we were in, um, you know, has that given them an increased, uh, level of faith in the vintage collection and they said yes it has so excellent um, yeah so it, it things are on the upswing i agree things are looking better than they have in a while um i think things got really good for a bit you know when the sale barge came out and you know we we're getting a lot of corresponding product uh but then you know t- the first half of 2020 has been was really dead and uh, it seems like now things are are trending in the right direction so you know i just want to keep hoping that uh, we continue to see that that uh that increase in support and that things keep uh getting better because you know uh, we've shown them that the numbers are there you know people if you give them the product and the products what people are asking for you know they'll be there to support it yes absolutely and real quick i want to get this in because uh this this is going along with what we're saying um just a quick comparison between uh the black series and the vintage collection in 2020 uh, according to one of our team members, Evan, who's uh, at Mile High Ground, uh, here's the statistics for 2020. So the Black Series got 106 figures, 23 of which were all new. The Vintage Collection got 40 figures, so less than half, and nine were all new. So we're going to be launching this new initiative on the page soon using the hashtag uh, Balance the Scales. And that's an effort to sort of get equal budget, equal releases, uh, equal attention, and equal passion 
uh-huh. for the Black Series and the Vintage Collection from Hasbro. That's what the community wants. We we just want equal representation, or as close to it as possible. Yeah, I think that would be the ideal. Because um, you know, there's obviously a lot of fans of both scales. I mean, I collect both of them, um, 100% in on either scale. Um, and I think at the end of the day, what's going to come down to is where you know Hasbro can can make the most uh, m- money, basically. If if the the margins are higher for them on Black Series, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to, if they continue to uh, tip those scales in the in the favor of more uh, Black Series product. But yeah, I think the ideal would be to achieve that equilibrium between the output of the two scales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's hard to say because yes. Uh, the Black Series six-inch figures, you know, they go for more per unit, but it's it, it seems like it's a question of okay, but which one's actually selling more units, you know? And if if the vintage collection gets that equal representation at retail, you can actually find TVC at retail next to the Black Series. Uh, which one's going to get cleaned off the pegs? Because the appearance is that the vintage collection gets snatched up almost instantly. Um, whereas you can still find Black Series. Is that because they're ordering more of Black Series, so there's more of it to go around? It's hard to say. Uh-huh. But yeah, but we want to we want to work towards equality. Yeah, no, totally. And then, you know, I mean, even if Hasbro was able to balance those scales, I think it would it would then be up to retailers to make sure that they are you know uh, balancing the scales in the stores too because if they're selling more vintage collection then you're going to see less black series you know they're selling more black series you're going to see less vintage so um, it, it seems like it'd be a hard thing to to actually put into practice but uh, I don't think it's impossible I think if they know that the level of support is there uh, not only at the Hasbro level but also at the retail level and they're actually able to implement some sort of system. Uh, to, to make sure the product gets to the pegs, then I think there's a lot of opportunity. And uh, I think most collectors would probably be happy because you'd be able to, to buy, you know, both items in in similar uh, quantities. And, you know, who wouldn't want to go to the stores and have access to both lines on, on the shelves? I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yes, especially during the holiday season. And right now, the pegs for both scales are empty. That's another thing they wanted me to hit on. <laughs> it's, it's the holiday season and there's no figures. Are, are we even getting... Uh... A fan for uh, 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 a Force Friday this year is that even going to be a thing this year? I'm not honestly sure. Uh, I think no. I think the Mando Mondays have taken the place of the Force Fridays. Mm, let's see. Well, hopefully, uh, something for the vintage collection starts hitting the pegs um, before Christmas because that's a huge yeah. missed opportunity. Yeah, huge. I, uh, I don't know. I, I think the next thing that are on the on the release schedule are the uh, the Rogue One Darth Vader wave. I think that's the next thing, and I think most places are showing that as early twenty twenty one. And then the same with the the Tanavi hallway playset. I think that's also early twenty twenty one. So I don't know that we're going to get anything quite in time for Christmas, but um, you know, uh, at least shortly after the new year, with any luck, you know, we'll be able to find some of these newer releases. Oh, that's too bad, but yeah. We can catch up. If you missed out on anything, you know, it's a good time to catch up. <laughs> true, true. So the stretch goals, uh, they only had – I remember back when the, when the campaign origi- originally launched, um, it was right there in black and white that they only had two tiers planned, which uh, – I mean, once we, once we blew those out of the water, they admit that they had to scramble to come up with things uh, because they didn't even have, like, digital renderings planned. Uh-huh. Uh, like, come on. Come on, guys. This is the Razor Crest we're talking about. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, what what they came out with, I think, uh, overall was pretty good. I, I think that the, um, the Carbonite blocks – my personal opinion is that should not have been a tier unlock. That should have mm-hmm. just come with the ship because the ship has those movable hooks on the ceiling. And so it's like, okay, so you're telling me if we didn't successfully back the carbonite blocks, then we would have gotten those moving hooks on the ceiling and no carbonite blocks? Like that, right. That, just, that doesn't make sense. Come on. Um, <laughs> in the future, when they have Vintage Collection or, or any HasLab campaign, um, please have more 
digital renderings for follow on tiers ready to go at least digital renderings mm-hmm. <laughs> don't 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 be caught completely unprepared like that yeah i mean i think the thing also is that they can have 10 um stretch goals you know in the waiting without us even needing to know about all of them um but if you know yes. if you're looking at the trajectory of how it's doing you know if, if if all of a sudden you you know you if you announce the the product uh, the haslab it goes it opens up and within you know five days you're past um the uh the goal um, you know, they can have all these stretch goals just waiting in the wings for the right time to, to be announced. And, you know, that way they're not behind. They have the renders or whatever they need to, to have of these products. Um, so, yes. yeah, it's just it's just a case of being prepared, really. Yes. And, and the other thing is um, not waiting and losing valuable time to upload those follow on tiers. There were a couple a couple cases of. You know, several days went by. There was no acknowledgement, really, that the previous tier had been unlocked. And then there was just it was like radio silence from Hasbro. It's like, okay, what's the next tier? Let's go. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's keep the momentum going. And um, they they just can't have that. I don't know if they can program it into their website to just automatically, you know, put that next that next tier unlock up when Mm -hmm. the previous one gets unlocked but they need to be watching these campaigns more closely to not lose valuable time because i got the we got the feeling that they just weren't watching it very very closely you know we we were watching it like in real time watching the numbers tick up closer to the tier unlocks and we were like okay 17k let's post about it right now (laughs) just hit 17k like why aren't they watching it like that Again, it's like sort of a lack of enthusiasm. It's not a good look. You got to yeah. be Johnny on the spot with this. Yeah, and I, I think uh, like an appealing thing could also be like surprise stretch goals. Like, you know, they may already have them prepared and we just don't know when one's going to happen. But hey, like, what if we get to 16,000? They're like, you know, already ready to go with a stretch goal for that and be like, hey, you guys hit 16. This is what you're getting. You know, hey, let's keep let's keep upping this number, try to get more people on board. That way we can get to 20. Maybe they'll have something else and you get to 20. They announce them right, right there. Here you go. You know, I think that's another strategy they might be able to use next time around. Absolutely. I mean, the the final tier unlock was unlocked at, at 17K and we got to almost 29K, let's say 28K. So 8 plus 3 is 11. We, we backed 11,000 more Razor Crests than the final minimum, uh, you know, tier unlock requirement. And there was there was nothing after that. <laughs> they couldn't they could have thrown in anything i mean that's millions of dollars yeah it that, is that they just like they just didn't really dollars. they they just didn't really acknowledge anything yeah, i don't know yeah, it's a little I, frustrating yeah i think the full thing comes to like 10 million dollars or something like when yep you... yep just over 10 million dollars and again with with the hiccups in the campaign and the missteps you know it's it's pretty incredible what this campaign achieved in spite of this not being the smoothest campaign ever. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh It says a lot about the vintage collection community, honestly. It does. Yeah, and the other thing is that we beat the Sentinel uh by like over 6,000 backers and the Sentinel is an army builder. I mean, there was literally an incentive there for for people to buy multiple Sentinels. And we still beat that. Um, it's really remarkable, and I just, I just think that uh, that has to be recognized for being so momentous. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 definitely something. And and when you look at their other Haslab campaigns so far, you know they had Unicron, which I'm gonna be honest, they had to give it a handicap for it to get backed. Yep. Uh, the crest did not need a handicap in any way. <laughs> I mean, we just continuously smashed the minimum requirements. We smashed the tiers, uh, just knocked it out of the water, really. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, you know, I guess to put a cap on all this, you know, uh, it wasn't the smoothest campaign. Uh, it wasn't the most surprising campaign. I mean, I think we all thought that you know, at some point we were going to get the Razor Crest somehow or another. Maybe it had to be a Hazlab for it to happen. Maybe not. 
Um, you know, there's a whole conversation that could be had about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it happened. Uh, it, it was overwhelmingly successful. It had, you know, several stretch goals. Some of them that are, you know, very exciting. Carded figures to me are like always the most exciting thing yes. uh, with these Haslabs. So uh, there's a lot to be excited about. And I hope that at the end of the day, you know, the, the data speaks for itself. And, you know, it it it, it, it gets Hasbro to uh, to get a little bit more off their tails than they've been on for a lot of the duration of the Vintage Collection 2.0 and really do some exciting stuff and just, you know, kind of cater to uh, the things that people have been asking for, you know, which is, you know, very simple things. Finish the original 96, uh, update some of these classic characters that haven't been done in 15 years, uh, you know, 15 plus years. So, yeah, here's hoping that, that uh, this leads to good things. Absolutely. So the next topic we want to uh, talk about is while we're still in the year of the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back, which is the greatest Star Wars film of all time. I don't know what you think, Tyler, but greatest Star Wars oh, film of all time. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> um, no doubt. Yeah. So this is something that uh, feels like a huge misstep, in my opinion. I mean, I I feel like in some re- regards to the vintage collection, you know, I can be a little bit lenient. I can kind of be forgiving about some things, but I feel like... Ugh, such a milestone for you know the scale that was actually the scale that was existed when this film came out you know three and three quarter inch uh it just didn't get the support that it absolutely deserved no absolutely not especially when you look at the 30th anniversary which had an entire line of figures i mean um there i think uh, I'm, i'm looking at a list of figures right now that i think people were hoping slash expecting to get this year and i just want to list off a few of them for ideas for hasbro since they i guess forgot about these um empire strikes back best been administrator lando that's one of the biggest ones that we keep talking about we've been talking about it for years we've talked about it to death (sighs) tone deaf um (laughs) lobot um admiral piet i i have to bring this up i really i I was so jealous when the Black Sears got Piet, and I'm still jealous about it because we have been asking for a new Piet since whenever the last one came out in the late 90s uh, in Power of the Force 2, I believe it was. Is that how long it's been? Yes, we've been asking for a new Piet for over 20 years, and of course they gave it to Black Series, but... That's what they do. They take our ideas and they give it to the other scale. But, um, you know, Admiral Ozzel, uh, General Veers, a brand new snow trooper, um, which I touched on with you before. I really I really think they need to get a new a new snow trooper out. Uh-huh. Um, the Bespin guards, uh, Ugnaught. I mean, the list goes on. The, the only thing that I, I can give them credit for as far as figures is the Bespin Escape Leia, which a lot of people have been asking for a definitive update for uh, a very long time. But mm-hmm. all they did was give us a digital rendering and said, oh, you'll get that next year. <laughs> I mean, as far as this year goes, we got that repack wave of uh, Bespin Han, um, Hoth, Leia, and... Return of the Jedi, <laughs> General uh, Calrissian, and uh-huh. C-3PO, who, by the way, was on an, a New Hope card back, which is odd. Was he? And he was on Empire. Wasn't he the 3PO? No. If you look at the, the card on the 3PO, he's got the console inside oh, the Death Star. Oh, I got you. Yeah, but okay. So he has the Empire heading, but he has the New Hope f- picture. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, Man. You know, we, we got the, the repainted Slave 1, which was nice, I guess, you know, to get that back out to the community uh, for, uh, you know, new collectors and people who missed it, give them a chance to get Slave 1 again. Yeah, and it looks better than ever. It does. I, I think that was a good call to re-release that. Uh, I got one, despite having the first one. I got this one, too. Um, I actually recently sold the original one uh, because this one looks fantastic. But uh, And we also got the carbon freeze chamber which has received mixed reception i think largely people (laughs) people are glad to to get it um i think it could have been executed a little bit better but that aside as far as new figures go to celebrate 
40th anniversary of ESB, uh, there was nothing. And there I think that nothing. that was, there was a, that was a big missed opportunity, but they didn't forget to celebrate it in black series. They can't use that as an excuse. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Black series definitely, uh, got its fair share of the empire strikes back, you know, just like they did with a new hope, you know, they, they went all out with the 40th anniversary collection for both films and, you know, got yep. really nice, vintage presentation with um you know slightly updated figures some some of them were brand new but um i, I think it could have been something as simple as you know you, you have this playset that is clearly being timed to coincide with the anniversary uh, all you need really is a wave of figures to complement this playset. um you know a wave of even four figures you know would i think would have made a lot of people happy um i think the biggest crime of of about this whole thing and i think it's re it really is quite criminal is that there wasn't a three and three quarter inch lando calrissian um this year that's uh, definitely the biggest one uh, i mean for sure you know you're thinking about things that you figures you need to interact with this place that the last one they did the last time they updated him was 2004 and that figure didn't age well i think pretty much everybody's figure the torso yellowed over time um so I mean, I'm just thinking of a, a way of four figures. You know, you could have Lando, you could have Lobot, you could have uh, an Ugnaught, you could have that Leia that they announced for 2021. She could have come out this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have a nice, you know, set of figures to go along with that. I mean, you, you already have, you know, the repacked or the refresh wave Bespin Luke. You already have, um, you know, we have plenty of Chewy figures from recent years that you could throw in there. Um, you have the Han from the playset, the Jabba's playset, you know, last year that you could throw in there. You could kind of fill the gaps in with some of these other releases, but the most pivotal ones to this particular scene are nowhere to be found. And I think that's just pretty terrible. Yeah, uh, I know people are clamoring for a new Lobot. They have been clamoring for, for many, many years. Um, I think that, and, and of course, absolutely uh administrator lando um i hope that they learn from this and they don't mess this up for the 40th anniversary of return of the jedi because there's some big ones that i think they really need to hit actually one of the biggest ones one of my probably top fives uh they checked the box and that's boba fett i i cannot get over how gorgeous that figure yeah. is i cannot i can't wait i ordered a whole case of them like honestly i i love that figure i can't wait to have it but oh, I, know. <laughs> I think um you know they should hit a few really big ones uh that year you know people are a little bit luked out right now i get it uh but they could knock out uh endor poncho luke um for the 40th anniversary they could knock out, uh, you know, a brand new biker scout. I mean, I hope we don't have to wait that long. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, like yeah. ideas. Bib Fortuna, people really want Bib Fortuna. We've been talking about that forever. Again, yeah. I hope, we don't have, I hope we don't have to wait three years for that. But I'm just, I'm just saying, like, there are ideas here that they should be capitalizing on, and they just didn't do anything this year, and it's, it's very disappointing. Yeah, there's, there's. There's so many things that they could do. Uh, there's so many things that need to be updated. There's, I mean, that's the thing. They're trying. You know, we want the original '96, but in that process of waiting for the original '96, some of the ones they've already covered are in dire need of updates. So uh, I hope that they, you know, going forward, that you know, we get a healthy balance. And I think that that's really the trick of it is just balancing out, you know, how the waves are handled and, um, you know, just increasing the output. Really, I mean, there's so many things we'd like to get. Just just like you were mentioning for Return of the Jedi, you know, it's. You know, they, there's enough notice at this point. It's gonna it's gonna be in three years, right? The fortieth anniversary. <laughs> like, yeah, plan out a couple waves, plan out some exciting things for Return of the Jedi, and we'll be here for it. I know I I will. I know you will be too. Yes, let's get that. You know, Return of the Jedi Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> Although, you know what though? Let's let's get that faster. I don't want to wait. Let's three get that years. faster. Let's get let's an updated uh, Hutzler Leia too. While we're at it, I'm down. I'm totally down. Yeah, we already got the, the like a perfect Jedi Luke, I feel like, you know, just give us Leia, give us uh, give us that Emperor. And I think you'll have some pretty good representation for Return of the Jedi. Yes. And Bib yes. Fortuna, sorry. And Bib Fortuna. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I, people would be very upset with me if I didn't mention Bib Fortuna. So I have to, yep. I have to say that. Yep, totally. Um, well, Tyler, hey, it's been a blast. Thanks for coming back onto the show. Um, you know, I love chatting with you about vintage collection obviously 
you know, we're both very passionate about this line. We want to see good things come from it. And, you know, with this overwhelming success of the Razor Crest, here's hoping for brighter days up ahead. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And let's hope for an expanded budget and more figures to come. Totally. Now, where can our listeners go to look you up online? Uh, so I'm one of four contributors to the at SWTVC page, and I also have my own uh, collecting page, uh, SWCollector3.75 on Instagram. So you can find me either one of those. Yep. And if you're not already following those pages and you're on Instagram, what is wrong with you? Get on over there. There's plenty of great content uh, flowing out of both of those pages. It's all great stuff. So Tyler, keep up the great work. And I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you very much. And thanks for all your contributions to the community. Really appreciate you having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Vintage Collection podcast. For the latest developments, be sure to visit BanthaSkull.com and follow our contributors via the links in our show notes. You can follow Victoria's Cantina on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For more Star Wars toy collecting content, subscribe to the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel and listen to the Cantina Chatter podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can spare a moment or two, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word about the show. No matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in to the Vintage Collection Podcast. Collect them all, and may the force be with you.